What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. This is episode 19 featuring Ryan Hunter. Ryan played hockey at Nichols College and has now shifted gears into coaching, which I'll let him get into further, but it was a great interview that gives us a little bit of a different perspective on what it's like to not personally experience issues with mental health, but what it's like to have a loved one go through it. Also, quick announcement. For those of you who don't know, we just announced yesterday we are officially selling merchandise through a pre-order, and we are also hosting a giveaway to one lucky winner. We made both of these announcements on our Instagram page and Twitter account, so go check us out there. It's Monkey Mind Pod on Instagram, and our Twitter handle is at PodMonkeyMind. Just go check out our most recent post on Instagram to find out more info. Now let's get into this week's episode. Thanks for uh, coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. It's uh, thanks for having me on. I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Deming was telling me kind of some of the stuff that you did on uh, at school. Um, yeah, LS talk and all that stuff, and kind of recommended that maybe you'd be someone that would, you know, be interested in coming on and kind of talking a little bit about that. So, um, yeah, again, we appreciate you coming on. So. Um, if you don't mind just giving a quick little introduction about, you know, who you are and kind of like your hockey background and just your overall background in general. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I grew up in the Toronto area. That's where I am right now. Just waiting to head back down to the States. Um, I played hockey growing up around Toronto and then, um, went played junior hockey kind of in BC for a year. I played with your old buddy, Dane Gibson, um, for a year and then, um, came back home, played, uh, in the OJ and then went off to uh, D three school in the States. Um, did two years at Buffalo state, then transferred to Nichols college where I graduated and had the time of my life. Definitely, um, enjoyed the, it was a hard decision to, uh, transfer from one school to another. Cause obviously you build up the camaraderie and you just really like the boys and it's kind of just, you gotta weigh your options that I felt making the decision to transfer was, the best one for me. And I definitely don't regret it for a second. Um, I was never, you know, hockey career was pretty short. I, you know, as soon as, uh, that last game happened, uh, my career was, was over. Um, but it was, was happy that I was able to finish off a conference champion, uh, Nichols college in 2018, we won the CCC conference and, you know, uh, looked to, to move on with my life after, after that. And then, um, since since graduating in 2018 i've worked a little bit in the toronto area i worked for sun life for a while and then um kind of stayed involved in hockey i was a assistant coach with the oakville blades in the oj um as my first year out of school for the 1819 season had tremendous success i think we finished third in the national rankings and then we won the oj won the um dudley hewitt cup which is the central canada championship and then went to Brooks, Alberta for the national championship for the RBC cup and finished off in the semis there. And, um, last year, uh, I got too caught up with work. So I, uh, took a job as an Ontario scout for Fargo force and then, uh, finished off that. And then I actually just accepted about a month ago. I took a graduate assistant position at Nichols college where I graduated from and, uh, 
just heading, getting way, uh, getting ready to head back down there kind of any day now. That's awesome. That's awesome that you're so involved in the game too, um, you know, to some capacity and, you know, coaching and all that stuff is awesome. I, I know that the leagues in Canada kind of work like that. There's obviously the, the BC, the AJ, the OJ, and they kind of all, um, I think the CC as well, and they kind of all play their, within their league. Yeah. And the winner of each league, I believe, goes to play in what is called the RBC, correct? Yeah. So, and then they all play against each other there? Yeah. Can explain that yeah. format? It, it's pretty cool. You know, you got to get to pair up against some of the best. Like, we were, we were arguably one of the best teams in, you know, the Central Canada uh, part of junior hockey. And, you know, you, you hear of, you know, the – the BCHL and the AJ teams and and then you finally get to see and uh compare yourself to those guys and we ended up uh we finished third in the round robin and then and for and then lost a, a close one uh two one to Prince George in the semis and then uh you know Prince George and Brooks Alberta I mean our Brooks Bandits were they were hands down the best teams in the tournament. They were they're phenomenal. Brooks I think lost like two games all season. Like Jeez. it was they were a powerhouse and mm-hmm. They they uh they ended up winning the championship and it was uh, it was a fun experience to say the least especially for your first year coaching now the expectation is that every year not yeah. losing a lot of games but unfortunately exactly. never like that uh huh no that's awesome though um but yeah I just want to quickly you know sort of segue into um you know talking about athletes and mental health and maybe some of the things that um you know maybe you experienced firsthand in regards to that. Um, yeah, for for sure. So, I mean, I feel like everyone out there, especially in the hockey community, kind of grows up and, and kind of has that mindset of never show weak emotion, I guess, in a sense. I, I, I don't know. I think I, I think that's probably the best way to put it. You know, you, you play hard, you battle through things and you don't really talk about kind of downfalls. And, uh, you know, I've kind of been raised on that mentality and, you know, people around me kind of been raised on that and then um you start hearing a little bit as you get older of people having concussion issues people having mental health issues i mean to the point of hearing about you know buddies and suicide like it's terrible and then but for me i i I always kind of saw myself as someone as like man like um like I, i don't understand what they're going through i i you know kind of naive to think but i was like yeah this doesn't this isn't going to affect me. And then um, about going, probably going into my first year of school, um, I was away. I was actually visiting my, my buddies out in Victoria and um, my brother uh, ended up having to go home from, he was at boarding school in uh, uh, Brentwood Bay and he ended up having to, to leave because he was having such a rough time at school and he was starting to battle depression and it was getting really bad. And, you know, I wasn't really aware of too much of the scenario and kind of parents thought it was going to take its course. And I just like, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know how to help fix them or anything of that sort. So I ended up having to go pick him up and, you know, spent the day with them and then helped him on get him onto a plane and he went home and I kind of, that's where it left off. And then when I came home, I saw firsthand the kind of, um, to the side of, of something I had no clue about. And, you know, at the beginning, I was like, this guy's just sleeping all day. He's not doing a lot. Like he wakes up at three, 4 PM and then hangs out, gets food and then goes back to bed. Like he was just kind of stuck in this, you know, in a sense, this rut. 
and um i i just sat there saying like when's this gonna end like when's he gonna get back to normal and you know he's my younger brother he's four years younger than me and i was like man like when's this stop and you know that's the mindset i feel like a lot of us have and you know it's something that you don't really kind of get over and you know the more i learned about it the more i kind of educated myself and i try talking to other people about it you know i don't do you know podcasts like you guys i think that's awesome or you know i i just talk to buddies and kind of just bring aware of what i can do and provide um and kind of ex- share his experience of what his battle is and you know he you know fortunately he's been able to kind of um kickstart his life and he's uh he's going into his final year at ubc in business school and he's got a great summer internship so he's done a lot of hard work and he knows what triggers that kind of he's learned across the way of what he should avoid and what he does to kind of keep himself in in check and you know obviously he goes through his good days and bad days and that's kind of how i learned about it and saw firsthand the experience and you know, I think we all kind of go through that and especially in hockey and in the, the battle in the tough days and the, the good days and kind of finding what works for everyone and, and hoping, uh, hoping for the best. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, going off of, uh, you know, the first thing you said about how, you know, as hockey, mainly in hockey players, how showing like showing weak emotion or any physical uh, characteristics is is wrong because we're just taught to kind of just keep pushing forward and pushing through it. And um, from my experience, it's almost harder as you get older. You'd think that you kind of, you know, you mature and you experience things and you kind of get into a different mindset, but it almost gets harder because as you get older, it kind of trickles back to that don't show weakness and you feel even weaker because you're older and it's more affecting. And I mean, with you and your brother, I think it's great that you're kind of making a difference because you said like everyone has some sort of, you know, good day or bad day. But the fact that you stuck with is like, you don't, you don't really hear about people that like kind of stick with it because other people, but like you notice it and you saw it and like you sticking with it. It's pretty cool because you don't usually it's, I'm speaking from opinion, but I feel like a lot of time, like you look at guys with like the concussions and like whatnot, but for you to kind of stick with it and work with the bell, let's talk because your brother, I think that. Also like when we get older, it's the pressure too, that comes along with it. Like, you know, obviously you guys were D one athletes and and play pro hockey and, and done that part to it. Like, that's just more pressure than even when you're younger. I feel like you feel like, you know, make or break each day and, and, and game. And that takes a toll on you and you just kind of see it firsthand sometimes with other people around you. Yeah. And I mean, even away from the sport aspect, it's, you're getting older, you're trying to start a family, you're buying a house, you're buying a car, you got all these bills and, you know, you're off. Insurance is different for you guys, but um, for Americans, like, 26 you're off your parents and whatnot but like it's just another bill and like then you you got to think about you know you're trying to buy all those things but you're also trying to save money for training skating you know proper nutrition and the shit adds up and if you're already dealing with something 
just like getting traded or you know getting released and then you have all those other things it just starts to pile on you yeah almost fold over sometimes mm-hmm. no a hundred percent agree and i found that you know through talking to other people and kind of seeing experiences is it's the building a like a program for yourself like taking the time to like kind of go through the steps of what you need to be successful and what you need to block out at the certain at a certain step you know like you you find what works you find what doesn't like some people can't meditate but some people find great success with meditating it's just like mm-hmm. finding certain things that that you enjoy but also need to kind of escape from everything before all that accumulation of pressure and outside pressures uh, kind of really start bearing on you. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of our guests, uh, Colin Clapton, he, I think he put it in perspective perfectly and it's stuck with me um, personally as well, but he said trial and error, like everyone's different. Everyone's, everyone's got something, you know, he said he tried meditating and, you know, breathing, but his was, you know, writing it out and kind of like a blog and he's got a blog now. So yeah, the trial and error part's huge. And I mean, some people, it takes a little while to figure out, but I mean, just kind of test the waters on, because they're at the time, it's hard to kind of think that, you know, something's not working. So you're like, all right, fuck this. Like, yeah, nothing's going to work. Nothing's going to work for me. But then, you know, at the time it's so hard to kind of stick with it, but eventually there's something for everyone, whether it's, you know, meditating, reading, writing, whatever it may be. It's just, yeah, that's what like having people kind of come on and share their ideas will help other people like kind of find a new, like I do like, like, so (laughs) I do Legos sometimes just because it keeps my mind busy. I got to follow the directions and like it distracts me and I, you know, feel like a little kid again, you know, your brain just shuts off and kind of focuses on something so little, but I mean, it took me probably six years to figure that out, but yeah, yeah, no, trial and error is huge. And that's one thing too, is like, like you guys are saying is that trial and error of kind of figuring out, um, you know, ways to cope in constructive ways, but also what you're saying, how with your brother, Um, he knows his triggers now too, which I think is another thing as well. When you're first getting, I guess when you first develop the anxiety attacks and kind of have your first kind of bout with depression, um, you don't know what is the trigger. You're, you're just kind of stuck in that rut, like you said. Um, so it kind of takes time to work through and kind of see what is causing that trigger. But that's such an important point too, that you said is that your brother knows his triggers and he tries to do things to um, mitigate them coming back into his life and causing, you know, another, I guess, episode with depression, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's certain things that you can do that you figure, okay, why am I anxious? What are some of the things that are happening in my life that are causing me to be anxious or become depressed? And, and you can find ways to work through that uh, and know, you know, for me, it's, it's structure. I need structure. And when I don't have a structured morning ahead of me or, having a structured day, I tend to kind of feel a little lost, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is for your brother, but I'm sure like finding those little triggers can be so helpful in, in yeah. 
helping navigate around them. So that way you can yeah. be more constructive with your day and um, not get stuck in that rut. No, that's, a, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. I, I like finding what works for you and the, the triggers. Like, I mean, for him, I know he, like he goes to the gym a lot. He finds like going to the gym is, is one of the best things for him. So he's in there like five, six days a week. And like, that's a huge thing of, of his life life now like he, he doesn't get away from it and like um I know that whenever he's home he's he's at the gym and I feel like that's better than doing a lot of other things I feel like you can do like spending two hours in the gym I think is is awesome and yeah I know that's one of the things that he does and you know he has some other things and he's lived away from home so I'm sure he he has things that he now works with that you know he's not at home anymore so he's just kind of like find stuff on his own to do and hiking mm -hmm. and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, which is, yeah. Go, go ahead, Danny. No, I was gonna say that. that's huge. Go continue. Yeah. <clears throat> so the, I kind of live by two little uh, quotes and they're similar, but it's idle hands are hands of the devil. And then an idle mind is the devil's playground. And that goes to the structure and like going to the gym, like staying busy and whatnot. And, you know, it makes me think back at how grateful I am for going to college because at the time, you know, I'm pissed off that I have no free time and whatnot. But I mean, looking back, it was probably the most success I had in hockey. And, you know, it's because of structure and like I was always doing something, you know, if I didn't have the schedule I had in college, I honestly don't think I would have made it through college. And, you know, it's great that he has something that can benefit him uh, health-wise as well, just because, like, obviously, um, you know, there's things people can do, but he's going to the gym, he's exercising, he's staying active, and, you know, tires him out. And then, you know, when it comes to sleep and whatnot, like, mm -hmm. I think that's great. No, that I, like, I also feel, too, it's, it's also surrounding yourself with a great group. Like, I feel, for the most part, when you're, when you're in college – I mean, you, you always have some outcast kids that you might not get along with, but I feel like you're always finding a group of guys when you're in school that you kind of can bond with and, and it, you know, you go through everything together and you kind of build that camaraderie. And, and I feel like that was, that's a, another thing that is huge is surrounding yourself with a group of people that you trust, you're, you can, you can talk to and they, you know, they have your back or, you know, whatever it is that you value in friends, but having that group of people to talk to and, you know, having a good coach even, or having a good mentor is, is huge as well. When, when you don't know who to turn to, or you don't know who to talk to, you have someone there that's kind of either experienced it or kind of can give you some guidance uh, along the way. And that's kind of what I've, I've looked to do in, in terms of the coaching is, you know, I, I've, I've had some shitty coaches along and then I've had some good coaches and, you know, I, I kind of, I know what it's like to kind of be that, that kid that might be a little bit lost at times, but, uh, you know, seeing checking in on everybody throughout the week or, you know, month and you kind of stand like you're, you're, the, you're there to be their coach, but also at the same time as they're, they're human too. And you got to treat them as so. Exactly. <clears throat> no, that that's that's so important. I think a lot of coaches are starting to realize that, and um, you can kind of see the shift in you know more player coaches and you know coaches just being more than just X's and O's people. They're you know 
Um, they're always checking in on players, which is awesome to see that kind of shift. Um, there's two things I wanted to quickly touch up on. One was about Bellet's talk, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, yeah. Just quickly, so we've had a lot of guests who have come in and shared their own personal experiences with battles with mental health, but I think it's great that, you know, you're kind of coming on and bringing a different perspective as, you know, someone who, who had a loved one and, and, a, and a family member. So just kind of talk a little bit about, and I obviously know you mentioned it earlier, but um, kind of that sort of perspective on, you know, how do you, you know, for those who maybe are a sibling and have a, a sibling who, you know, was going through a, a rough time. What yeah. are some of the things that, you know, maybe words of advice or some of the things that you did or currently do to just kind of check in or, um, you know, make sure that they're doing all right. Cause I know that some people can uh, always be looking out and it's almost like uh, it's very, um, it's a claustrophobic feeling. Like you're always checking. Yeah. You don't want to do that, but what were some of the things that you sort of did to just help and currently do to help? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, at the beginning, it was a lot of me not knowing what was going on. So there was that, there was a huge phase of me was just sitting there. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like just kind of hands up in the air. Like, and it was similar. Like, I mean, my parents both in the same boat, like we just, we, we had no one else in the family kind of ever have something like this. And my brother kind of was I, definitely he was not on an island because we definitely got him help as soon as as soon as it started like he was talking to someone it was a lot of it in a sense a lot of trial and error because he didn't go like he didn't stick with the first couple um therapists that he saw um at the time i mean this started probably five six years ago no longer than that probably six seven eight years ago and he had a couple of bad concussions playing minor hockey. And so it was finding someone that knew sports concussions and the mental health side to it. And I feel like that's a lot more prevalent now than it was just six, seven years ago. And so it was finding someone that understood a little bit more of his side of the story that he could relate to. And then for us, you know, as we kind of started figuring out a little bit more, it was learning like that's the, the biggest thing I can say is you, you have to learn. It's just like anything, if you want to be good at something, you just got to learn it and you got to understand it because the more you can learn and understand it, the more you can relate. Um, and that was the biggest thing it was at the beginning, I couldn't relate. And then when you learn and you kind of read and you watch videos and you kind of talk to the experts they can give you, they start giving you advice and then you can kind of start helping them towards a certain path. Um, and a lot of it's just letting them figure like as much as you want to be hands-on. Um, you know, obviously this was more of the parents approach cause I was kind of younger and, and, and going and, and learning about it, but it's kind of letting it take its course, but guiding it towards the course. Um, because the worst thing you can do is, like if he's staying in his bed for five, six days is the worst thing you can do is like come in there like and force him out and mm -hmm. force him to do things. Like no one wants to get forced to do things, especially if you're, if you're <clears throat> battling like a health, mental health problem, like they don't want to be told what to do. Like it's just kind of finding, finding that side of, of hands-on and hands-off approach and, and helping them and guiding them and, that's kind of what we did a lot was, was that. And then 
having that outlet that wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really any of us in the family to talk to at the beginning. It was talking to a, to an expert and a doctor and, and helping that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is perfectly fine that people don't want to talk to family at first, because I know personally it's, it's hard to open up to family because you want them to not feel guilty. And yeah. you, it's like scary to open up to your parents about stuff. Cause like you don't want them to feel like they messed up. It's so it's like, it's good that, you know, they have someone to open up to professionally because you can kind of be more, um, you know, and not for everybody, but at times it, it's just easier to open up to them because you don't feel like you're hurting anyone's feelings. You know, that's yeah. their job is to listen to that. But um, yeah, that, that's awesome that you said about guiding them and not forcing them, um, which is a huge difference. And it really does make a difference for sure. No, a hundred percent. And that's, that's the hard, I think that's the hardest thing to tell someone is to, to like, guide them and don't be hands-on because as soon as you see a problem you always want to like be there and be hands-on like it's just it's tough and that's like it's it's just not easy Mm -hmm. yeah and I feel like I mean from my experience when I was like trying to be forced into something that almost pushed me like the opposite way made me want to stay in bed longer because you know you know, like you said, nobody likes getting forced to do anything, but when it's so consistent, it gets annoying and it's frustrating. And when you already have a thousand other thoughts in your head, it it just triggers you more. But it, I have learned something new every uh, episode. And I feel like for somebody that's on the outside looking in, that even for you guys, like you and your parents, it's trial and error too, because, you know, you don't know how he's going to react and whatnot. So like you said, you had to learn your reading. So it's, it's kind of cool to look at how trial and error works from both sides of the spectrum, but that's just me. No, no, without a doubt. Um, Real quick, talk about, um, you know, Bell Let's Talk. I mean, a lot of people, it's Bell obviously is a Canadian um, company. They're bank, correct? No, they're a um, service provider. So they do like phones, they okay. do uh, cable, they, they're they a gotcha. communications company. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> there's a huge initiative for those you don't know called Bell Let's Talk. And for every um, tweet or retweet or like, they think they donate um, like, I think it's five cents or something like along those yeah. lines. So you just, you know, more so that, how about you talk about <laughs> it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> This started during my junior hockey, I believe. It, it's been about 10 years that they've been around. And, like, it's kind of one of those things also. It's, it, 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 they do the, the Bell Let's Talk Day towards the end of January every year. And you do the hashtag and you, you can tweet about it, Instagram, whatever, and they accumulate all the hashtags that you do. And um, they sent uh, for every uh, hashtag Bell Let's Talk um, – they send a certain amount of money to uh, uh, like a national suicide awareness and different organizations of uh, mental health and, and whatnot. And they've done a really good job. Like at the beginning um, I know it was kind of big around the hockey community. Um, and I was kind of in that scenario it was like, okay, like I'll be involved with this, but I didn't really understand why I was kind of getting involved. And, and then obviously once, once my brother kind of, uh, got uh, diagnosed with de- uh, depression and then I started learning about it I started to get a little bit more hands-on like yeah okay like I fully understand why 
this is such a big thing and such a good issue to talk about with, you know, other hockey players and other just, you know, normal day uh, people and kind of that side. But um, yeah, it started about like 10 years ago and, and it's kind of really jump started. And now it's like, it's pretty big across Canada. It started off as a smaller thing and then uh, has gained a lot of awareness. I know a lot of pro athletes and, and significant people in Canada and, it, you know, it started to make its way down in the States. I've seen it down there during my time, um, you know, at, at school and whatnot of, of people kind of talking about it at the end of January. I think it's, I think it's an awesome thing. And, you know, uh, as school progressed and I, I got more involved uh, with that kind of one day a year, um, you know, the more I started talking to the, to, to like my teammates and, and kids on the team and whatnot of, um, using that day as a day to talk about mental health, uh, within the group of, of teammates. And then, um, kind of talking to them like, Hey, like, okay, this is awesome that we're doing this one day a year, but Bell, let's talk. Let's, you know, we can talk about this any day, like that kind of side to it. So I, I love the idea of it and I think it's awesome. And, you know, I'm like, I'm extremely all for it, but then, uh, you know, I, I kind of reiterate every year when I talk to people uh, about it, you know, it doesn't have to just be one day of the year. Like we can talk about it um, uh, more and more and, and uh, kind of each and every day or, you know, six months around, down the road. Like it, it doesn't need to be one day. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And that's awesome that you were able to, uh, <clears throat> and that you just kind of took the initiative of, um, you know, talking about it amongst your teammates and, making it known and then kind of like you said every day of the year because mental health doesn't discriminate to one day you know it's every no, exactly. it's, it's a battle every day so it's awesome that you were kind of um you know starting that initiative too and yeah i've, I've noticed that it's starting to uh I'm, I've, I've noticed it for a while obviously just being in the hockey community a lot of hockey players retweeted it and i've noticed for a while but i, I did see that it is starting to make its way down um into the states and a lot more people are starting to be aware of you know the bell let's talk movement which i think is a a fantastic thing so yeah and and it's definitely one of the, so i didn't i didn't initially get into it and in talking to people at the beginning of school but over the course i started you know mm -hmm. i kind of got in that set where it's like you know as a freshman or as an underclassman i didn't really want to be that guy like to talk about it as much so it was kind of on, on me a little bit to learn hey like it doesn't have to be i just an upperclassman talking about it. It doesn't, mm -hmm. like, it could be anybody. If you played no games that year, you're the leading goal scorer, you know, the mm -hmm. captain, like anybody should be able to talk about this. Oh, exactly. That's a, that's a big thing. Cause I know that everybody on a team kind of can sort of feel the pressures of things. Like, you know, the leading goal scorer has the pressure to score goals. And I know that can be a lot, um, and that can cause some anxieties. And then you have guys who aren't playing and that's a battle in itself that really bothers guys. So it's huge that, you know, um, you know, you, you got to understand that everyone has something that they can be going through. And, you know, we've said it many times, Flo and I on, on other episodes that hockey guys are just so uh, team oriented that you don't want to bring up stuff like that because you feel like you're burdening the team. But I think it's just kind of getting over that hump that, listen, you're not burning the team. We are so close for a reason. Yeah. Guys want to hear about this. Guys want to be there for you. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, you know, 
normalizing talking about this stuff um, yeah, exactly. whenever it may come up because you know there's guys I, I didn't know for years who were going through stuff and um, you find out after knowing him for three four years it's like geez like why didn't you say something earlier and they're just like yeah no I just didn't want to like bother anybody about it like I just kind of try to like wear this one you know and it's like no yeah. like, that's the that's the worst thing you could do like don't yeah exactly so yeah, that's that's awesome that you uh that you did that so you find yeah. out also that the teammates and everything are more supportive than what you think when you when you exactly. talk about that kind of stuff and Big time. you realize it's tough to realize when you're i mean i you know i can't i'm speaking as a kind of not from experience on this one but you kind of find out when you do open up that uh the teammates and your team and, and staff members are, are, are more supportive to it than, than what you would have thought. And it kind of just encourages other people to kind of open up if they need to open up. Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. But Flo, you got anything else? No, just uh, thanks for coming on and uh, glad your brother's doing better. Uh, if he ever wants to come on and tell his story, we'd love to have him. Yeah. No, yeah, thank sure. you for, yeah, thank you for coming on and, uh, you know, speaking about the stuff. It's awesome. So really no, appreciate thanks for, it. Thanks for having me on. I, you know, anytime I can help out a podcast like this to, to get going. I, I love what, what you guys are doing and, uh, anything I can do to help it. Obviously I'll do it. Yeah. We appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, boys. Thank you.